We'll go live. There's no reason to postpone. Oh my God, wait for the time. Wait, wait. I I remember when I was in radio. I was in radio for like, I think three weeks. <laughs> I had this, like, oh, I made it. Oh, hey, guy, I got a show. Holy cow. And I didn't realize it was just a bunch of boomer fucks. And uh, they're like, hey, you got a show. Oh, wow. You all think like, uh, uh, Media, like, you know, the weather girl. Let's take the weather girl, for example, or the weather guy. It doesn't matter. You all think, oh, they made it. No, you'd be shocked how skewed and asymptotic the payment is. Like, if you were Paul Majors, not a lot, you don't know who Paul Majors is, but Paul Majors was the man. He had the gray hair. Like, this guy could just walk in and say, I'd like to be the CEO of, the Fortune 100 company. He'd be like, yes, Paul Majors will make you the CEO of the Fortune because he had the hair. He had that gray peppered hair. He's a good-looking guy, and he was the major anchor in the Twin Cities for a while. Well, he was such a good-looking dude with such the right amount of hair that he got poached by Los Angeles. Uh, Los Angeles wanted him for whatever, Channel 4, Channel 6, whatever. And he went out there. He had the hair and everything. Well, you're not that guy. The vast majority of people, the weather girl, I bet you the average weather girl, no matter how cute, only makes about 50 grand a year. All right. And unless you get like really in with the local community or you're a really good looking dude like Paul Majors, you do not make the big money. It was the same thing here. Like, oh, I got, oh, he's got a radio show. It's said, oh my gosh, you made it to Hollywood. No, <laughs> it was paid handsomely, admittedly. $30 per broadcast hour, which was darn fine, fair wage and all intellectual. Honestly, that was a very fine, fair wage, especially for 2005, 2004. But uh, I even remember some of the people at that broadcast station like, what's a blog? What's this podcast? Oh, look at these funny kids doing their funny thing with the Internet. Like, oh. Oh, I guess you boomers are all unemployed now. I guess you better go on the interwebs. Huh? This podcast, this blogging thing, the PJ Media. So I found it funny. I find it funny where it's like, oh, we got to go on at this time, this time. What time? I got uh, Ryan Stone. Great guy. Love Ryan Stone. I got his book right here. thought I had it right here. Maybe I don't have it right somewhere here. Is this it? Oh, here it is. It's on the wrong pile. Here's the other pile. Fook Files. Absolutely go read it. Ryan Stone. And it just shows you how uh, how trained people are thought to be. It's like, I'm sick. If you didn't know, by the way, I'm sick. <coughs> I got the boomer coof. <coughs> Maybe I do have COVID. I don't know. It seemed like a regular cold to me, and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm back. And I, you know, I laid low for the past 72 hours. And on top of that, I want to write my book. I'm like, okay, I'm going to play it easy. You go to take it easy. Go to take a couple days off. I'm going to recover from the boomer coof. I'm going to go and write my book, and uh, I'm going to have some other people cover for me over on the podcast. And I did. I had uh, Jack and uh, who the hell was the other guy? Oh, Atham. Atham and Jack got covered for me. And I'm like, all right, I, I need to take some time off. I need to take some time off. I'm going to write, go to focus, recover. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to have Ryan Stone. I like Ryan. Ryan's never covered for me before. But the guy is brilliant, very sharp, very intellectual. I'm like him and whoever else. But he's got the mindset, not just because he's Canadian, but he's got the mind. Well, what do I do? What time? Like, There's no time. Well, who should I have? Just go. Who have whoever? Will. Well, when? Whenever you want. <laughs> I'm talking to my mom. No one gets the open state. They don't. They don't get it. This internet has completely revolutionized schedules. There is no schedule. If you're a content creator, you do it when you want to do it. Even though I'm sick, you know, <coughs> boomer coof. <coughs> I went, I went for my walk today. I was like, oh, I'm going to take it easy. And I'm kind of like, you ever try and take a couple days off, especially when you've been going nonstop almost 70 hours a week for 25 years? You actually try to take a day off? You can't do it. 
I had a whole day off yesterday. I had a whole day off. Me and the GF, she was sick. We're both sick. We both have the boomer, uh, the boomer coof. <coughs> and so, uh, but I wasn't that sick. You know, I just got COVID. I don't know if I have COVID. I don't care if I have COVID. It's a cough. It's a cold. And you know, like when you and, and your significant other, you get sick, somebody, uh, the person who gets into it first, uh, you don't know what's happening. You don't have time to respond. Oh, I got to go to work. And then the significant other go, the non-sick, the second to be sick, because the other one's going to get sick no matter what. But the first person to get sick, they're the one's going to take the dive. And you don't know, oh, I mean, he's just feeling down, whatever. But then like, oh, wait, you get back from work and then there's your significant other and he or she is like really out. They actually are sick. Oh, man, you're sick. Let me make you some soup. Let me do this or that. But it usually doesn't get to that point in time because if it's really just a cold, you know, like COVID, it's just a cold. They're out of it on the 25th. So you go to bed. The next day, the first person to go under wakes up and like, eh, I'm not 100%, but I'm not a cripple. But the second one, oh, that's when they're there. Now they're practically a cripple. And that's what ended up happening yesterday. So I kind of had to nurse the, the GF. So I went and I made ramen noodles which actually is a really good thing for the cold, which is all the boomer coof is. And then uh, what else did I do? I did nice. Oh, I bought her. Um, well, Hang on. Let me show you. Because I'm a dick. Oh, Aaron, you're such a dick. Well, how does that girl tolerate you? Oh, my God. What a prick you are. Oh, my God. Because I'm such an asshole and you're such a dickhead. Oh my God, what woman can tolerate touching your dick? And then, uh, <clears throat> so she was sick. And we, uh, I went and I got her coffee. And she said she wanted these two coffee mugs. So I got her this one, Dachshund Through the Snow. See, huh? Instead of dashing through the snow, Dachshund Through the Snow. It was nine bucks. Yes, yeah, some of your super chats went for me to buy the GF this thing. This mug. And it made her happy. It made her feel she's like, oh. Because before that, I went and I got this one for her, uh, which has a little <laughs> flask on the side. <laughs> it says, making spirits bright. And uh, so I bought her this one because I thought this was going to like, oh, come on. It's got like a side flask. You got to get like that. And she's like, oh, I like this other one. I'm like, oh, dude, I just spent like, I think that one was like 12 bucks. I was like, that, that, uh, that's enough Christmas cheer, even though it ain't even Thanksgiving yet. And she wanted the Dachshund one. And I'm like, oh. So then then she was feeling down and bad. I'm like, oh, I better go get her one. So I went and got her coffee, and then I got her this one for 9 bucks. So that's where your, your Super Chats didn't go to the Septic Tank Fund there today, guys. I went to that. <clears throat> anyway, I was on the mend. I was feeling better. She was out. And so all we did yesterday, we watched, watched Midnight Run. And then another Robert De Niro movie with um, Eddie Murphy, who is actually Jack, not Jack. He was in good shape for it. Uh, Showtime. And it had an uh, aging Rene Rousseau. Where I was like, uh, I would have at one time. And uh, what I loved about it is like we accidentally watched two Robert De Niro movies. But then in both movies, there are a ton of 1988, 1989 Chevy Caprice classics, all these old cop cars. And uh, it was it was nice. I didn't do anything yesterday. I chilled out. I took a whole day off and nursed the girlfriend back to a little bit of health. It was all right. But it was just kind of like this, like, oh, I don't have to write. I, I wrote about half the book in a week and a half, which is pretty standard speed for me because I hate writing and I want to get it done and over with. Uh, and then I just got hit with the sickness. GF got hit with the sickness, and there was just kind of this cold, cold and dark. No sun. No sun in Minnesota. It was cold and dark. It was a cold and dreary 72 hours. And it was one of those things where all I would do is stay in bed because I was sick and I'd write. And i just just sit and write. No gym, no running around. Maybe we nurse ourselves to the grocery store to get food. But then we go back home and we just sit and we watch TV and it was wonderful. 
is absolutely wonderful. And then today, GF is good enough to get back to work. She's in good enough to go to work shape. I was going to like, no, I'm going to lie around and do nothing. And, oh, guys, I had it. I had it. I woke up at about 6.30 this morning, and I uh, I was like, I got to, and this is when you get old. It's like you got your morning poo. If you're a regular man, you got your morning poo. I didn't even have coffee yet. I was like, okay, I got to take my morning poo. So I took my morning poo. Usually by that time, you're up. I said, I'm no, screw this. Screw this. I want to take another day off. I've worked hard enough. I don't need to work. <clears throat> I've outsourced it. I'm still a little bit of a sick. I got a little bit of the uh, the boomer coof. <clears throat> so I'm going to take it easy. I took two more melatonin pills. Out. Oh, and I slept till 1030 in the morning. It was wonderful. Just wonderful. And I got up and I got, I got a little bit. It's just hanging a little bit. Just hanging a little. Still got a little of the boomer coof. <coughs> but I was like, eh, I went for a walk. And the sun went away and it got cold. And I was like, I'm, I want to outsource it. I want to maintain. I want to sleep. I want to do nothing. I want to have no guilt. And that was the key thing is I had no guilt. I was right at the precipice. This was like this huge psychological breakthrough. Like, like the saint, the, the, the spirit of Jordan Peterson was right next to me. Like you could go, you could relax. You could have, you don't, you don't have to feel guilty. You can have free time. Take two whole days off, watch a movie, doing nothing <clears throat> with your boomer coof. I said, I don't, I don't have to, I don't have to do I saw till what? 1030. I wrote a, I had some notes on a piece of paper I wrote, and I transferred that to the laptop on Chapter 7 of Analyzing the ROI of the Pursuit of Women, which will be coming out I'm pretty confident in time for Christmas. And I was like, yeah, hey, I don't want to, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to do nothing. Play some Call of Duty, do nothing. New one came out, by the way, today, I think, or yesterday, two days ago. I'm going to outsource. Everything's my day. Outsource. And then, then, then the, the baseline comes in. Then the normal comes in. And you're like, you can't do nothing. And I'm like, I still got a little bit of boomer coof. <coughs> hey, wait, my social security. It's like, well, I, I'm going to have. Ryan Stone cover for me. I'll have I'll have Atham and Jack cover for me. I'm like, ah, let's bang one out. Let's bang it out and get it done. And the reason I want to bang out is because there's like two millennial chapters or uh, posts that were made. They'll have to talk about. So there we go. That's it. So now we're here. This is the Clary Podcast. No, it's not the Clary Podcast. It's a Good Morning Corona Champ podcast. I hope you guys are doing okay. Um, let us get through. The sponsors, this is not the sponsor list. This is the Good Morning Corona Chan prayer. Where'd the sponsor list go? That's not. Is this it? No, I got to go to the podcast file. Podcast. Here we go. Maybe I went the wrong place. Okay, that's not it either. Bear with me, guys. Hang on. Hang on. Where is it? Notepad notes. Here we are. All right, clear podcast. No, Good Morning Corona Chan is brought to you by the Fragments of Game by Rick Arellano. Fragments of Game. The Fragments of Game is around 120 pages long. Starts by exploring seduction as an archaeological idea and pickup as an infinite game. Gives a few key points about the origins of pickup artists and narrates some personal events of brief how-tos and discovering and applying game. The central point of the book revolves around the ability to find the short-lived and the more permanent ideas on pickup which we know is declining in popularity today. In general, one extra thing is to point out is the narrative avoids touching the leftist and activist forces of today. Instead, it goes to subtly by pointing out the right direction towards an old sense of game. So we got that there. We then also have The Path to Happiness, The Road to Freedom, written by Mike Seacrest. You can find this available on paperback, Kindle, and Audible. No, not Audible, on Amazon.com. If you guys need it, Narrator, let me know. I got a guy. 
Everyone's like, oh, will you promote it? I'm like, is it an audiobook? No. Well, then that just increased your cost for me to review it by $200. But why? Because I hate reading. But why? Because who, who likes reading? I don't know. Did you guys have this back in the communist days, even though it was the 80s, where you get a shoestring? This is what teachers came up with, by the way. You know, teachers. The ones that just... In Minecraft. In Minecraft. All the things I would do to them in Minecraft. Uh, so you get a shoestring. And then uh, for every book you read, you get a bead. Oh, my goodness. So all these cocksucking fucks, these, these fucking conformist assholes, would read a book. And every time you read a book... Uh, you got a bead. And I think my bead had like two or, or my, my shoestring necklace. You'd never turn it into a necklace. I think I had like two beads. And so I remember like on the second grade, maybe it was yearbook. These kids would have like a bead, a, a necklace full of beads. They read that many books because they're that much fucking non-thinking conformist pieces of shit. And some assholes even got a second shoestring and filled that one up too. Because you just can't read enough. By the way, if you guys want, just to let you know, if you're a reader, you're not an intellectual. You're consuming way too much of other people's thoughts and not developing your own. Right? If you're literate, there, boom, you're done. And I don't know how you don't become literate today. I don't know how you don't type. I don't know how you don't write. It's kind of like, well, it's all over the place. You, you'd imbue it. It would happen to you naturally, unless you're an illegal alien from Mexico. <laughs> oh, it's funny because it's true. Uh, but these people like, I read, you know, what do you read as a second grader? These books might as well have been a tome. They might have been, you know, uh, War and Peace by Dostoevsky. Is that the guy who wrote that? So anyway, I'd be like, I'm not reading that. I have shit to do. I was Calvin. Okay, Calvin and Hobbes. I had things to do. I enjoyed life. I didn't sit there summer reading. Oh, you fucking idiots. I'm going to read through a fucking book. Oh, my God. Oh, fuck outside or the enjoyment or the other. I just want to live in my world of imagination. You create your own world reading through the power of books. <laughs> I forgot where I was going with this. Um, anyway, uh, I hated those people. And, and and here you are, a six or seven-year-old child, seven or eight-year-old child, and you're reading so many books, you could actually get like a 100 beads on that necklace. And then you got a second necklace. You read 200 books. Far as I'm concerned, you wasted time that could have been done playing outdoors. <laughs> what that has to do with the path of happiness of the road to freedom, I don't know, but go get this book if you're a young man or young woman and you want to learn about microeconomics. And I do mean that in a very introductory way. Uh, that is not a book for any of you seasoned veterans who have the slightest bit of experience in economics or philosophy. This is a one-on-one book for college kids. Like, dude, man, wouldn't it be nice if it's like, no, read this book because that's going to tell you like, oh, wow, man. Like I thought I was really intelligent because my junior year of high school, my English teacher said I was really smart, man. <laughs> we all know the teachers are so intelligent because they have the lowest IQs of all majors. Actually, it's elementary education that has the lowest of all early childhood education. Those have the lowest uh, IQs of all majors. Not really education majors, though education majors are down there. I think they're like in the 105s, the 106s. <clears throat> Smarter than average enough to think they're intelligent. The Dunning-Kruger effect sets in. I have a degree. That doesn't mean you're smart. Yes, it does. My entire value is based on it. So anyway, Cappy is doing well. Cappy's feeling good. Uh, let's get through some more of the sponsors here. Piratebooktakedown.com. Go to uh, piratebooktakedown.com if you are a content creator and you are a guitar of people stealing your stuff. Doug, tell him I sent you, though, by the way, too. Um, he, he did this for me. 
So I'm, I have no problem promoting him. They're not even paying me, but I'm promoting him because he did a hell of a good job. We got a lot of my copies of my book out there on the internet taken down. So it was kind of cool. Of course, the, the Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty is available for free on some pro-black site, you know, which of course, obviously it would be. I'm not against black people. Of course you'd be pro, but it's the, it's the hand up in the fist and the, the African flag. And, and, and it's like, and you're going to fill the stereotype by stealing people's books online and putting them up there for that'll Yeah. Go brother. Just steal it and don't make yourself look like a bunch more asses than you already have. It's all right. It's okay, but uh, we've been able to take a lot of it down. So if you are a content creator, go to piratebooktakedown.com and get the stuff taken down for you. Uh, businessbuyeradvantage.com. Visit my buddy David, David Barnett at businessbuyeradvantage.com. Go there before you buy yourself a business. You're like, oh, I, start, I want to buy a business. I want to go into a franchise. I always had a dream of running a restaurant. Contact him first, please. Before you buy a business to start your own or get into a franchise, thank you. Uh, and then if you'd also like to help out the show, you could go to uh, subscribestar.com slash Aaron Clary. Uh, that's my subscribe star. All donations there go to the Septic Tank Fund. You can also go to olderbrother.com slash Aaron Clary. I'm sorry, no, olderbrother.com slash donate. And then you can see the three ways you can help out there. I'm not going to go into them. Everybody knows what they are anyway. Better Bachelor, go to YouTube. Check out Better Bachelor, Joker's channel, uh, a daily dose of red pills over there. Uh, Turd Flingy Monkey, check him out on BitChute, Turd Flingy Monkey. He also has a book out called 13 Rules Not to Be a Fucking Cuck. It is an introductory book for any young man or woman, I guess. It doesn't want to be taken advantage of anymore. Like your parents taught you to obey and roll on your back. I think that's basically what every boomer has taught their children is to roll on your back expose your stomach and beg for forgiveness from the fates that be instead of like grabbing a sword and fucking owning the fates. But you know, you do what you want. Uh, 405media.com. Go to 405media.com. After you're done tuning into this podcast, you can tune into other people's podcasts. How not to become a millennial. The book, the legend, the icon, the thing. The paper is falling on the floor because I got too much work to do. Get the book, How Not to Become a Millennial. If you are a Gen Zer and you don't want to become like a millennial because <clears throat> they're so successful now, right? We got two articles about millennials, two of them. It's great. It's just, it's me dancing. I'm doing my, I told you so dance on the graves of people who aren't dead yet, but they might as well be. And they're called millennials. Because they knew so much 10 years ago. They're so intelligent. They know so much. I'm going to college, so I know everything. You know, they're becoming Karens now. Like, the millennials are not that young anymore. They're pushing 40. They're not there yet. They're definitely mid-30s. And, like, it's over. Like, once you pass 34, marketing no longer cares about you. This is why you have Vicky Minaj or Bitchy the Vag. Because she's Gen Z. And she'll be gone. Do you guys remember, uh, uh, oh, she was hot. She was the hot thing for the millennials. Um. Oh, what was her name? She was a Latina. And uh, she was the hottest thing ever, and she is no more because it went bye-bye. Text you millennials. The, the dawn of the millennials is over. The day of Gen Z is here. You're not hot. You're not young anymore. And besides which, everyone got their money out of you when you signed up for $120,000 in student loan debt. What's that like? They even want you for housing. It, they're trying to sell the boomers retiring and downside. You got you millennial. You get the fuck out of here. You're Jessica Alba. Is that the gal? Jessica Alba. Remember when she was hot? How old is she now? Jessica Alba, thirty nine. <laughs> Remember when she was hot, huh? Huh? Oh, oh. You know what? <clears throat> I can't slam her because she's been married to the same guy. I'm pulling this up. She's been married for 12 years to the same guy. Got three kids. I'm like, all right. Okay. Maybe she, uh, maybe she's a traditional gal. You never know. 
she mouthed off something about something and it was political and she was cute, cute and pretty. It's like, oh, look at the cute, pretty girl say things that, you know, people want to listen to her because they want to bang her. They're like Laura Southern and Tommy Laren. Tommy, Tommy, Loren. Mm, we did that. We did that. Science of Mastering Women by Linda Gross. Check out Linda Gross. I should download her podcast. That give me something to do. Non-communist science fiction. Check out non-communist science fiction if you like science fiction, but you don't want to be lectured about politics. All the books of Michael Kingswood, the world's only non-communist science fiction author. And then the Black Brigade with DT. DT has changed his format. He is no longer doing politics. He's just doing uh, the Will to Power episode where he's not solely focusing on nihilism and Nietzsche or anything like that, but he's, he switched to, uh, to philosophy and it's pretty good. I enjoy it. It's not bad at all. I, uh, I'm like, yeah, it's not as depressing. It's no DT and the man couldn't have that. Now could we DT and the man? Remember that was great. Oh no, we can't have it. This is, this, this is a good thing. This has to end because America, right? <clears throat> So anyway, check out uh, DT's theblackbrigade.org. Put the thing. Can you guys tell I'm doing this just to get this done and over with so then I can go back to doing my own thing? Oh, we do have super chats. Oh, all right. Hang on. Hang on. Let me just hang on. Bear with me. Bear with me. Let's put the placer there for Al. Uh BunkerBasics.com with Bunker Bob. Go to BunkerBasics.com with Bunker Bob for all of your survival and prepping needs. I think that's it. I think we did it. Boom, bada boom, bada boom, bada bang. All right, I'm going to hit the camera, get the super chats, then I'm going to go through two articles which need my attention. We'll see you guys in a bit. If you couldn't tell already, it's going to be a quick one because then that way I get out of here and then I can go back to doing nothing. Uh, Al, for five bucks, some people have the homeless man yelling and talking to themselves on the subway. <laughs> Fair and clary. <laughs> Thanks, Al. I, I got to save that one somehow. That's... <laughs> Is that it? Oh, wait, there's more. Hang on. Uh, Al for two bucks. I pirated your books, Aaron. Here's some reparations. Oh, thanks for the two bucks, Al. Yeah, it barely covers the profit on one book. I hope you tell other people about it at least, will you, huh? Rob Fogolski, uh, part of the 1099 Superior Race. 1099 are here. Dude, bro, Viking game is in six hours. Why aren't you pre-gaming, bro? Pumpkin Spice IPA for $18 at the Castro Pump, dude. Dude, they're closing down the Surly's. Which was like ground zero for thick bike tire, uh, alternative hipster bearded, you know, 20-something millennials who are no longer 20-somethings. They're now 30-something, about to be 40-something. And yes, they did have their pumpkin spice IPA. I don't even know if they really pay attention to the Vikings anymore. But uh, yeah, our governor, which Democrats voted for, has shut down everything. And so uh, 
I'm sorry you're all out of business. Sorry you all lost your jobs. Keep voting Democrat, which, oh, you did. You did in this presidential election. I even remember reading an article about Minneapolitans, especially North South Minneapolis with black communities. They just, they know they want to change. They just don't know how. So what did they do? What did the revolutionaries do? They voted for the other D, the other Democrat. And I wonder if it's going to be another soy boy millennial fuckwit from the suburbs like uh, Jacob Fry, and I wonder if he's going to say, you need to have more talkies about the feelings and stuff. And oh my, I wonder if Minneapolis is still going to be a shithole. Oh, it's just, again, dancing on the grave of Minneapolis, even though it's not dead yet, being able to yell, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so. There's like so many places closing down in the Twin Cities. So many that your little gastro pubs, your little, your little uh, Brooklyn uh, hipster culture, your little Minneapolis, Minneapolis, these calls of the Minneapolis. Now, I don't know if you understand this. It's because it's not New York, but it's like a smaller version. Oh my goodness. It's like, yeah, there's no culture here. None. You destroyed your institutions by voting Democrat. 100%. I know you're too stupid to realize that. But I just want to let all the little hipsters and the millennials, like, you know, they got their gastro pubs. You used to go to the Longfellow Cafe, which will probably be burned down in the next riots. Y'all used to be hip and cool. It's gone now. And it's your fault. You voted for it. Be too stupid to realize it. But it's good to see that. It's good to see it. There is nothing left in the Twin City. Nothing. I mean, you got the burbs, but the burbs is just where people go to raise their kids and breed, maybe. And they don't breed particularly interesting kids. They breed like elitist, snooty, arrogant, leftist, cocksucking pieces of shit. They can then come back to the city like uh, the previous mayor to Fry. She came in from the YZZ and she was going to help the black people. Don't worry, everyone. Every, all black people, calm down. Everything's all right. I am I am a white woman from Wyzetta. I know what I'm doing, okay? Calm down. Everything is fine now. I'm here. I'm here. I have a master's degree in social justice. That everything's all going to be okay because I am a white woman from Wyzetta with dad's money. I know what I'm doing. You guys, oh, let's vote Democrat. Hey, why is it still a shithole? It's the evil white man and Trump. Orange man bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? You know what Minneapolis needs? More rich white liberal women from the suburbs. That's what they need. They need more of that. I do, man. I feel bad for the black people over in Minneapolis. And St. Paul, Eastside St. Paul. But you, you guys keep voting for it. So I, I don't know. I mean, the brothers are waking up, though. The black men are waking up. The white, black women aren't. They'll never, like, holy shit. They got, like, that heroin addiction to the fucking uh, government check. Oh, man. They're like, they will sell anybody out for that. But the black dudes are waking up. I think the black men are waking up. <clears throat> Which you are welcome to join us here. And we'll all engage in uh, jokes we'd like to, but we can't because liberal white women at YouTube would not appreciate our humor. Al, for five bucks, Biden is bailing us all out. I can't wait until they pay off my 100,000 degree in government budget management with a minor in squirrely sexual theory. <laughs> I know they're going to bail you out. I just will never hire them. If, if you are a liberal arts major, if you got a bailout, I'll just never hire you. I will do what I can to discriminate against you. I will. I'm going to do everything within my power to find out if you have taken my money to basically subsidize your egregious and privileged life of living a four-year uh, party uh, disguised as a college education. And then uh, to only what vote to take more, more of my money. Well, you absolutely right. I'm going to discriminate against you. You absolutely. I'm going to discriminate against boomers. I'm going to discriminate against millennials and Gen Zers. I'd like to see what you're going to do here pretty soon. I want to see if you're going to like man up and woman up and actually like, yeah, no, we're going to support ourselves. No, we're not going to do that. The temptress five, 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 five. I think that's new guy or gal. 
Five Australian dollars. What am I doing wrong, Cap, uh, Cappy? I still haven't met any of my co-romances in real life. <laughs> You're not going to. There's a, it, there's an increasing number of studies, if you could call them studies, where it's a very interesting tree diagram where from left to right, it'll start with number of messages sent on Tinder or uh, Match or any one of these online dating apps or profiles. And then it breaks it down like a tree diagram, like no responses, which is the line share of them, matches, and then how many matches. So this one guy did 16,000 swipes and he got four dates. It is a shockingly low percent of women that are actually going to meet you in the real world. Temptress 5555. Your romances will never materialize. It happened to poor Elkins. Oh, he was, oh, did he get screwed on that one? He got screwed. Uh, he did the right thing and was like helping out this gal who, uh, how can I put it with a given in a way? <clears throat> she had a bad thing befall her. And Chad was a good, where have all the good guys gone? Well, there was Chad Elkins who helped her out. Not financially. He, he was there in other capacities and means, which he didn't have to be. And guess what happened when it came to meet in person? I just want to move on. And all I want to say to her, I hope you're listening. I hope you watch uh, the IT crowd. Hello! But don't get me started about North America and the Womans. Um, so, yeah, you're not going to meet any girl in your, from your romances. You will not meet them in person. Nope. You are there to give them entertainment and to sacrifice your mental health for their mental benefit. Okay. You're to give them internet attention so that they can make it through the great and merciful Corona Chan times. And then if you actually thought you were going to meet this woman, you have plainly failed to assess your true role here, which was to simply give them attention during this time so they could get by. They were literally sucking the lifeblood out of you. Please wake up. <clears throat> ETC, uh, ETC Shadow for five bucks. Roses are red, violets are blue. Coming next stream, more riddles for you. Oh, God, no. Send them, email them to ET. I'm not against the math. I'm not against the math. It's just that I have to sit and think about it, and people don't want to watch me sit and think because there's not a lot of entertaining stuff. So email them to me. I'll, I'll take them. DJ Aftershock for five bucks. Dude, bro, when the COVID goes, we should hit up my boss's sweet pizzad on Ferndale Road so we can party like we did on Big Island, dude, bro. There was a... And DJ, you're savvy enough about uh, the Twin Cities news. You probably knew about the Big Island hedge fund. It started up, like, I think three, four years ago. And all they did was they got a bunch of investors. And then the very next day, people saw them driving around in a brand new Maseratis and boats. And then that triggered an investigation. And I think in 48 hours from there launching their hedge fund, the feds or the state had already shut them down. <laughs> like the dumbest stupid guy. I mean, I just want to see how douchey and dubro these guys were. I mean, I don't even think they went to the Carlson School of Management. I haven't helped them now. I've gone to Hamlin. Oh, yeah, Big Island. Uh, Eric Burns Marshall, five buck, uh, bucks. Target has battered wife syndrome when it comes to BLM. Uh, Target and the people that shot at Target, it's a cult. Um, I know Target is a nationwide. You guys all have Target. You all know Target. But you understand it's headquartered in the in Minneapolis, Twin Cities. And the white woman's of the suburbs of the Twin Cities just cannot shop at Target enough. Um, and Target itself is so soaking wet with hatred of whites and hatred of, of peanut people. Uh, and they cannot virtue signal enough. Um, and then the, the white womans of the suburbs love going to Target. I'm like, oh my God, I'm helping. 5% of their pre-tax earnings go to help a charity, which Target has done admittedly this entire time, even before they went woke. Uh, I just want to point out, they still have to donate money to that charity because they never saw the problem. And thus, it's a complete waste of time to donate to charity because you have never solved the problem. Never. <clears throat> and so Target... Um, 
I would say it ranks up there with Gillette, Procter and Gamble. Don't shop at Target. Just just don't shop at Target. But they have such nice things. Romar Igco, five bucks. Cappy ties. Shalom, Mister Celery. Ah, Shalom. Are you part of the tribe? You one of us? You one of my peeps? Even though I'm like only a quarter of the peeps. M two PG four five bucks. So did you catch the kung flu? Also thoughts on the ninety five percent modern vaccine. Um, I have a cold. You know what? The symptoms sound just like COVID. I had like a little bit of an ache. And I had a little bit of a slight headache. It was more of an annoyance. And then I've had this cold and this cough. And now I'm on the mend. Uh, yesterday was when you started coughing up those big chunks of phlegm. Like you're really beat. You know you're beating that cold when you're ha- hacking up those chunks of phlegm. You're like, ah, there it is. I got that one out. And you know you know, you got that cold on the ropes. Obviously, I'm feeling better. Um, so I don't know. Did I maybe? I'm not going to go get tested. I'm not going to go, what, and I got to quarantine myself for two weeks? Fuck you, Nazis. Go fuck yourselves. No, I'm not getting on the cattle car. I had a cold. That's what it was. That's what it is. Uh, And except for yesterday, which I did take off, the day before I went for a mile and a half walk on the treadmill, the day before that I went for a two-mile walk. And today I went for a a mile and a half walk. And I'm not 100%, but... uh, no, I, I might literally seriously. I'm not kidding. How do you know? Half the people are asymptomatic. They don't even get a cold like I did. I'm just, I'm just calling it what it is. I got a cold. Whether it's COVID or not, I don't know. It's the cold. It was a pretty weak ass cold. I've had worse colds than that. When you get the green phlegm, oh, that's the worst. When you get a green phlegm cold, you cover it. You're like, oh god, look at that. That green gray phlegm. Oh, that's a bad cold. Uh, Joseph Jones, five bucks, early childhood, special development, disabilities, juvie, criminal justice studies, and a minor in left-handed puppetry. Please interview a uh, turd flingy monkey or AMS. Who's AMS? I, I have talked to turd flingy monkey. Uh, one of these days we will have each other on the show. Um, it's just, you know how it goes. Everyone's busy. Uh, be strong, two bucks. Why are almost all female bosses unattractive? I know about that. I mean, to be perfectly honest, I've had half female bosses and they're no better or worse than the male bosses. I'll be intellectually honest. Now, a lot of that had to do with banking. Everybody was a scumbag. Um, I've had, okay, they weren't ugly. I mean, I know it's anecdotal. I don't really survey it. And when's the last time I worked for somebody? I don't know. Do the female bosses today look good? I... I'd even speculate they're probably better looking than average because if you're, you know, empowered female girl boss, at least you're working hard. I mean, you all may hate uh, Shell Sandberg, but she's the type to work out. She's the type to work hard, whatever disagreement might have with her politically. Um, but yeah, I've, I've had, you know, they're, I mean, they're all older than me too. So, I mean, how attractive can you get if you're an older woman? Just being honest. Yes, five bucks. Seriously, y'all missing out on old school shaving. Save serious money, better quality, and actually support small businesses. I uh, I get I get the uh, cheap razors. Bic, I go with Bic. I don't go with Gillette. I think that's it. All right, cool. Hang on. Uh, let's do this from Bustle, which isn't a real website, but the data is interesting. Here's how many hours we really spend on dating apps per week versus what experts recommend. All right, this is from Christine Felizar, and if you look her up, she's a nobody. I didn't look her up. You just don't have to. And this is from January 31st, 2018. I came across this doing my research um, uh, for analyzing the ROI of the pursuit of women. I'm just shocked how much time you all wasting on online sites uh trying to find the one on a dating app can take some serious time and effort how much time you ask it might surprise you to find out the millennials spend 10 hours a week on dating apps according to a new survey but do we really need that much time to be successful dating app badoo recently surveyed its database of 370 million users worldwide discover how much time people really dedicated to dating apps on average people spend about 90 minutes a day online dating 
And men tend to spend more time swiping on apps than women do 89 minutes versus 79 minutes a day. Okay. So men, you are spending 89 minutes a day swiping. I, I know you want to get the penne dipped in a little bit of hot sauce. All right. Um, that's a commute. That's a hobby. That's retirement. That's what do you, I understand if you're stuck in the, in the line, you got nothing else to do. You're stuck in traffic. Uh, but an hour and a quarter a day. No, that's more than an hour. and a quarter. That's almost an hour and a half a day. Swiping. And based on what I've seen with these, these tree diagram studies, again, you have to swipe 16,000 times to get four dates. So we're talking 4,000 swipes to get one date. I, I've got Pay for it. Just pay for it. You don't think you could go work for an hour and a half a day at even if you make $16 an hour. So like, let's say you give up online dating for a month, hour and a half a day, $10 an hour, $15 a day. Let's just call it $10 a day because of taxes. Cause you liberals and you millennials like to keep voting for tax. Let's say $10 a day, take home pay. All right. Cause you got to pay for single moms, right? We got to have that, right? We got to bail out yourselves, right? You got to bail yourselves out, right? So three months, a month goes by, 30 days times 10 is $300. Why don't you just pay for it? I, I cannot be any clearer as to how pro-prostitution I am, not because of any moral issues or libertarian issues, but because the economics are so compelling now that the amount of time you guys waste chasing after these girls to have a sliver or a fraction of, of success it's it's just it's an appalling waste of resources. Appalling. And you boys need to realize that your time is so much more value. You have to so even if you're younger, I understand guys like, well, I only make $15 an hour. I get it. But even at $15 an hour, it's cheaper for you to pay. You can have a prostitute a month if you just don't you can work that extra time. <laughs> Oh, it may seem like a lot, but according to the survey, people log on about 10 times a day on average, and each session lasts about nine minutes long. So most people aren't exactly on their phones for an hour and a half looking straight, uh, half hour and a half straight looking to meet new people. You're still on there for an hour and a half cumulatively. When you're logging in multiple times a day, you never realize how much time you're actually spending on dating apps. In short, the real minutes really do add up, but they might not be necessary. Right, go pay for it. I would say that 10 hours per week is a bit much online dating consultant. Oh, Stacy Karen, online dating consultant. Stacy Karen, the busiest, the thespian's bucket list. Uh, okay, so she's not that attractive. Uh, she has a TES old drama certificate and theater degree from Hunter College. <laughs> Why are you working in theater, Stacy? Why are you a dating coach? Like, you should be in theater, right? Because you made your... Oh, you're just trying to remake yourself. Um, Contact books. I just want to see if she's a best-selling author. Uh, The Thespians. Buy now on Amazon. What's the rating on this one here, sweetheart? Oh, really? You got your degree in theater, so you wrote a book about... Oh, hey, 49 ratings. That's not bad. I take it back. That's okay. This is impressive. Impressive. It's selling. Okay, maybe she does have hustle. I I I uh apologetically rescind my cynicism. You're the first gal to actually have a book that's selling. <laughs> oh uh I still don't think she makes enough of If you genuinely enjoy the process of online dating, it might be okay for you to spend more time on them. However, if you regularly get frustrated or upset by the process, no guy ever does that. Karen suggests cutting down your usage to prevent date app burnout. I've seen many people make the mistake of spending hours at a time on dating sites, but this can also be counterproductive. Karen says the only thing you need to be successful is consistency and patience. Guys. Just get off the damn dating. Just get, I mean, Bumble maybe, but get off those damn dating apps. 
If spending 90 minutes a day on a dating app is too much, how much should you actually be spending on it? Of course, it may depend on what you're looking for, but generally here's what dating experts. She doesn't have a degree in dating. She has a degree in theater. So I'm kind of wondering what process, what procedure did she go through to become a self-certified dating expert? Uh, one, no more than 10 to 15 minutes a day. Two, 30 minutes per day, several days a week. Three, 30 minutes. Okay, so you're just putting random time limits. Three to four hours a week. Okay, uh, look, guys. I'm not, I'm not gonna, there was no studies that went into this. All right, guys, (sighs) women are an incredible waste of time, right? Uh, I'm not fully done with research and the numbers on analyzing the ROI of the pursuit of women, but the numbers are an appalling waste of time. Uh, The billions of male wives that have been wasted chasing women at a huge cost, both opportunity and literal financial, I, it, it's just got to end. It has to end. But online dating, when you go through these sites and these articles and they're on Reddit, and it's, it, I, get, I admit it's anecdotal, but when you are spending 16,000 swipes, which you know, let's just assume it's a, a second of swipe, you're talking hundreds of hours, guys, hundreds, to get four dates, and they're not going to, And it's just insulting where you see these tree breakdown, these diagrams where uh, the number of dates they got, the number of women that canceled or flaked or stood them up was about half. Fuck you, women. No, seriously, just fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. And oh, oh, fuck you some more. Half the women lie. Lie. And string you along. And they think it's all funny. And it's, well, you know, I just didn't feel it. No, no, no. Fuck you. You lying sacks of shit. Now, there's other things to do in life, guys. It's not like this is a costless. Well, I mean, yeah, okay, you're stuck in traffic or you're stuck in the line. But my fucking God, guys, stop spending 90 minutes a day chasing tail on the internet when the success rates are horrifically low. Uh, Better Batch or Joker did an article or a video on one of these where it's just, it's it's a fraction. I mean, it's just stop wasting your time. You don't get any more of it back. I mean, God, you're, you're forced by law to waste about 13 years of your youth in K through 12 education. Then you're more or less forced by the Karens and the HR profession of the world to go at least spend another four years in school. All this time you're wasting, get some of it back. Do not waste any more, let alone an hour and a half a day chasing after girls who are not going to go out with you. But they got four. No, 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 guys. Four out of 16,000? Four, it wasn't 16, it was like 16,300. Just stop it. Just, Just go read a book. Go jerk off to porn. Go play pickup sticks. Go do it. Go for a walk. There is so much other stuff to do with that time. That is a huge event. And if you think about it, 16 hours a day up, that's what, 10% of your life? Every day you're wasting on online dating? Knock it off. So I just want want to go through that, you know, older brother, I guess, in me. Go through, make sure we're not, did we miss any more? Arcadia uh, Itkin, our Ashkenazi agent Jewish in the field. Wait till all the sheep with potential comorbidities rushes to get a vaccine and then get really sick and die from it. I don't care. I'm so, it's another thing I do hope I have. The only reason I want to go get tested for it is because then if I have it, I'm like, I am Superman. I'm immune. But I was so losing sleep over like, are you worried? No. <laughs> what one in not even one in one in a five thousand chance I'm gonna die? Two one hundredths of percent chance. Also from our Ashkenazi agent Jewish Jewish agent in the field, five bucks. What if those tyrants condition air travel on getting vaccinated? Will there be any pushbacks from the zombies? Um, no, I think that most people will be brainwashed like oh, i should get it because the government said so 
Arcady, come on, man. I mean, Bell Distribution, there's so few people like you, me, other people to tune in here. People are going to line up. They're going to line up. Did you know, man, two Canadian dollars? Do you still want email success stories, Danny? Yeah, I do. There was a guy, there weren't a lot of them, but I do want to hear. I know there's good things that happen. I, I, we could use some good news. <clears throat> Arcady again for five bucks. Do younger people even get to experience the anxiety and excitement of going out of first dates like previous generations who met in real life did? No, I don't think so, man. It's, I kind of miss that. Uh, not because I don't date anymore, but there was that giddiness where it's like, okay, you got to ask that girl out in person from, from zero to getting laid or not. <clears throat> but you had to like go up to the girl. You had to get your balls. You had to get, you know, collect your balls, go up, ask her, Hey, how you doing? Ah, goomy, goomy, goby, goby. And, oh, uh, that's a nice purse. I mean, you're just dying, especially when you're younger, you didn't know any better. Then you'd stumble through, and then you get a date, and you were excited you had her number, and then you call her up the day before, like, hey, are we still on for tomorrow? And then you wouldn't hear from her. And then, oh, she was a bitch that strung you along like they usually did. You just who hurt? Shut the fuck up. You all know you did. I want to have one gal. I want one gal in the chat room to, to tell me with a straight face she never stood a guy up. I want it from, from the 90s in the odds. I guess nowadays it doesn't. Are you Coromance girls? I want you to tell me with a straight face you never stood up a guy because you didn't have the balls to shoot him down the first time. <clears throat> but it was cool, man. Like you went in there and you got the date. And then it was like there was a challenge. It was work. You had to work at it. Like, oh, I'm going to. And you, you're like, oh, I got a date. Then if it would, you would end up on a date, then you'd pick her up. Now, no bragging, but bragging. Here I was, 18, 19 miles, 19. I had my car. Bought it myself. Foreign concept to you, millennial boys and girls. But then I pick her up. I'm a real man now. With my real car, my own apartment, paying my own way, real job, everything. Real, I mean, I'm not joking. By every definition, more of an adult than like 90% of you people who are 30 years old living at home are. And I picked the girl up at her place. Ring the doorbell. Half the time she lived at home. Half the time you could tell it was an apartment. She Open up the door and, da, 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 and take her out. And then you had to schedule the date. You had to figure out what were you going to do. You had to have contingency plans. I always favored movies, not because they were basic, because then I didn't have to talk. And I was, I was kind of a, I wasn't afraid, but I didn't want to always be on. So I take girls to the arcade. We play air hockey. I always thought that was kind of a nice icebreaker. Uh, and then we go to a movie. Mall of America allowed for that. And then you know, and then 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 oh, do you you got to walk her up to the door? Or do you go for the kiss? And I never did. I would I, well, I would go for the kiss occasionally if I like third or fourth date, but I'd always. There was always that stoop, and you always stayed at the bottom of the stoop because I knew intuitively as a young man you didn't want to be too desperate. And so I would walk them to the stoop, and I let them go up, and then they kind of turn around. i say, well, have a good night. And then, and usually, not always, though, that would show I wasn't desperate, and that would more often than not result in a second date. <clears throat> not getting laid, of course, but. And now you guys are like, oh, let's meet over for coffee. I, which I understand now. I understand. Do we? Yeah, I know. What? What is that? Is that scary? Is that? Is that threat? Is that even a thing anymore? Oh, yeah. Those are good times, man. Those were good times. You'd have to. You'd actually have to go up and ask a girl in person. That that was, go out. It builds characters. Calvin's dad would say. Octuzi for five bucks. He doesn't say anything. Well, thank you, Octuzi. Five bucks. That'll go towards it. Who's this guy? Chad Elkins. Chad Elkins. Two bucks. Sometimes they have problem dating, handling the dating apps. Yes. There should be guys that are just like, no, nah, I don't do dating apps. I ask you out in person. You guys should just do it. Because that's the problem I'm facing now doing this analysis, ROI pursuit of women is, well, the pursuit has changed now. Now everything's online. And you got to swipe thousands of times to get one date. Literally. 
Whereas in the olden days, it was more personal if you're asking the girl out in person. So it's like, all right, you're going to ask her out in person. You're going to ask her out online. Online, the girls are just like sucking the attention out of you. That's it. They have no intentions of dating. None of them. Oh, four out of 16,000. I'm sorry. <sighs> this is from, don't want to read this. Millennials, the dying children written by Captain Barf. I'm one of the oldest millennials. Something terrifying is happening to us. We are dying while we are still children. We men are going bald and the ladies are starting to sag. You're going to live forever. And at 38 and a half, you're going to decide you're going to find a man. We have graying hair. Our eyes crinkle when we smile. We have unsightly fat deposits that are going nowhere. Our joints pop in the morning. We get injured by turning around too fast. Our vision is fading. Our reflexes are slowing. Many of us know someone our age has died of cancer, heart attacks, or some other old age disease that occasionally strikes the middle age. And we're still children. But you voted for free shit, right? You voted for the opposite of Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z, they went to a thousand times gravity. You guys want one-tenth the gravity. Not growing up. <laughs> the old of us are rapidly closing on 40. We're the least married, least fessoned generation in history. Really only 30% of people under 40 are married. Big brain thinkers blame economic conditions largely because big brain thinkers go through years of training to ensure they don't see what is right in front of their faces. Uh, you're all a bunch of fat, soy, ugly men and women that no one wants to fuck, including yourselves. Idea. Oh, let's not forget that the woman don't need no man fish bicycle and their career comes first. I cannot emphasize that enough because you were instated all the time. You've made it very clear, very clear. We started coming of age in 2003 and the economic conditions were nowhere near close as bad as the 30s, 40s, or 70s when people had little trouble marrying and procreating. Yet here we are aging out of our ability to enjoy childhood, feeling death creep up on us. The video games have been grown boring. The TV marathons are suffocating. The candy tastes like ashes in our mouths. We're committing suicide and consuming antidepressants at record rates. Well, just keep voting for the government. Look, you all wanted the government to take care of things, not other human beings. You didn't want love. You didn't want husbands. You didn't want wives. You didn't want children. You want the government to take care of everything. Well, now you're all NPCs and robots because without having other people in your lives, your fucking minds will not even be alive. So... Go euthanasia, I guess. We're committing to the blah, blah, blah. We try to accumulate even more, and it fails to make us happy. We don't know why, and we don't know how we got here. Well, I'll tell you, my entire life, the only message I got from school or church, college, and the media was that every decision I made from what degree to pursue to where I live to whether to marry was with the goal of having a maximally pleasurable life. True, as someone raised in a conservative church, I was warned against fornication and substance abuse, but these were framed in terms of interfering with the good life. In the 90s, there was no difference between Christians and non-Christians in that general outlook. Both Christians and non-Christians were equally horrified at the notion that a bright young woman might not end up maximizing her potential, which meant putting 40 hours a week into a cube. Don't care. I had a great conversation with uh, Vince over at the Masculine Geeks, and he was talking about how he's he's gone out now with five gals, four, three, three gals, and how they would cry at night telling him that they were crying because they wanted to have a kid and they had this missing feeling. And he was like, well, too bad for you, I guess. Fuck you. Fuck you. It's all gone. It's too late. It's too late to turn back now. You're a feminist who want to ha ha ha. Go get your MBA. I hope your degree hugs you back late at night. Evangelicals, for their part, indulged a pious fiction that the unmarried 25-year-olds in the church were all virgins, but still everyone agreed that the proper way to treat the world is as your playground. Any kind of social responsibility or context to our choice making was completely absent of what our boomer elders told us. What is social purpose of marriage? Conservative boomers couldn't say. They appealed to tradition without understanding. Well, well they were all getting divorced, too. Biblical, boo-da-boo-da-boo, It's a good, interesting article. It's lengthy, and I also want to get out of here. And uh, I don't care about you, Melinda. I really don't. Sorry, guys. Sorry. I, I do appreciate Captain Barf writing a very good article. Uh, check it out. Um, Millennials dying, the dying children. Check it out. Uh, this is, again, the, the grave. I'm dancing on top of singing my I told you so dance. Mm, you millennials thought you knew so much. 
Why you such cucks? Hey, go get an MBA in your MPA, you stupid bitch. And you know that was real dance because I am a professional dancer. How would you have invested? And if you're 25 again, I <clears throat> uh, would have invested outside of the Twin Cities. I would have never bought my house in the Twin Cities. Uh, I guess Bitcoin, <laughs> Apple, <laughs> you know, in hindsight, sure. Yeah. Uh, but more realistically, I would not have gotten housing in Minnesota. I would not have gotten housing in a place where it snows. I would not have bought housing in a state that has state income taxes. And I would not have bought in a major metro area. I would have. I would have done things so much differently. Bacon at the goddamn bacon.com. Someone say dating app, uh, Tinder for FT winning. No. Blue North Bear for five bucks. Only dating is a joke. It's filled with picky women and it gives them more reasons to be picky. Asking women out in person is still more effective. Yeah, it is. I mean, by, by a factor of a hundred, a magnitude of two decimal points. I'm not kidding, guys. I'm not kidding. It, the, the numbers I'm, I'm seeing is just shocking. Just what a fucking pissing way of time online dating is. I had to go through 900 profiles and it was it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. That it? That it? There you go. Okay. Um, <clears throat> tune in. Uh, Ryan Stone's going to cover for me sometime this week. I'm going to be gone for about a week. I got to focus on this work and uh, get my uh, my um, book done and uh, get healed up because uh, I still got. I don't want to relapse. And that's it. Um, oh, let's read the great merciful Corona Chan prayer. Dear great merciful Corona Chan, thank you for your non-sentient and zero fucks given truth. The teeth and threats that have been missing so much in the real world that are yet necessary for us to value life, acknowledge truth, and love our fellow man. May your nature continue to expose the evil and parasitic among us, the lazy and those that put our, themselves above all others, our slave masters who have kept us enslaved, teachers who could be replaced by YouTube, and the stupid and unprepared who ride for toilet paper when there is none. Bless us, O oh great Corona Chan, and reward us, specifically those of us who are smart enough to have a one-month supply of toilet paper and who stocked up on 556 ammo as a matter of basic insurance policy. And may thine blessing come in the form of lower asset prices, less boomers, less traffic, cheap gas, and near-free airline flights. In thy name, Wuhan, Wuhan, amen. No more super chats and we're